What number is this, Chip? Zilch 189. Today we have Christian Nesmith. Hi. And Glenn Gretland. How are you doing? And we're talking Dolan Sings R.E.M. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, like, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. like the gang's all here good good welcome back to zilch your podcast full of monkeys mickey christian and glenn and 7a and andrew and monkeys fans from all around the world here we are once again bringing you some news and uh, i'm going to call it a mini review of a great album and a lot of discussion about it or a great review of a mini album yes 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 (laughs) and it's been forever it has been forever. How are you doing, brother? I'm very, very well. You know, just uh, plugging away and and uh, you know trying to figure out what's next and all of that. So yeah. How's the lovely Cersei? She is lovely as ever, and uh, and you know just in the other room, kind of doing our uh, uh, doing a more domestic day. Ah, I love domestic days. It's the only time you can get things done. Seems to. Yeah. I'm going to do a little bit of news real quick. Okay. Mickey will be taking part in an all-star benefit concert that has been organized to raise needed funds for Denny Lane, a founding member of both Wings and the Moody Blues, who has had significant health issues in recent months. The 78-year-old guitarist has been in and out of Naples, Florida Hospital, most recently for a collapsed lung. The benefit concert for Denny Lane features an all-star lineup, The November 27th concert will take place at the famed Troubadour in West Hollywood. General admission is 100 plus a service fee. Lane has been battling lung issues following a bout with COVID-19. There is a GoFundMe page that you can check out if you want to help as he does not have health insurance. Alex Jules, who tours with the Mickey Dolan's band and has toured with the Monkees band as of the last few years, Alex Jules writes on his social media, As many of you may know, I spent many cherished years touring with the great Denny Lane. You may also know that he has recently been dealing with various serious health issues in recent months and is in need of help. After speaking with his wife, Liz, two weeks ago, I knew I needed to do something to help him. Very quickly, and out of an overwhelming love for Denny, this is what we're doing. We're going to try to make this a wonderful celebration of Denny's music, which has meant so much to so many of us and now do our part to give back a little bit of the love in his direction. Tickets are on sale. The benefit concert for Denny Lane will be on Monday, November 27th at the Troubadour in West Hollywood, California. You will see people there like Susanna Hoffs, Joey Mullen of Badfingers, some people from Wings, Peter Asher of Peter and Gordon, Jeremy Klein from Chad and Jeremy, Paul Schaefer, Joe Bouchard from Blue Oyster Cult, and of course Mickey Dolan's from the monkeys albert lee it just goes on and on get out there and support and if you can't make it to the concert please check out the gofundme page there will be links on our social media help if you can 
in other monkeys news or Mickey's news. This is just a reminder for anyone listening. I don't want you to miss this, but on record store day, 2023 releases on black Friday, November 24th, Mickey Dolan's puts you to sleep on blue vinyl with a gatefold cover and the monkeys in mono on splash colored vinyl with a gatefold. And of course, pick up Andrew's book with Mickey Dolan's. I'm told I had a good time and you can get that at beatlandbooks.com. And see Mickey on tour whenever possible. So now that we've gotten that all out of the way, (laughs) our other couple things about news is there's a new EP coming out. Dolan sings R.E.M. Maybe somebody has heard about it or whispered about it. There's going to be something really cool going on at Wuxtery Records in Athens, Georgia. Oh, yeah. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Glenn? Yes, I mean, first of all, really, really excited that this project, you know, is actually happening because it, it took, a, I know it took a lot of people by surprise. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't the, the first title they thought Mickey would be recording. And that's kind of, the, you know, that, that's, that's, that's great because I want it to be unexpected. And, you know, it, it's, um, but, but going back to the event, on the release date, the EP will be released on the 3rd of November. Uh, Mickey is going to be doing an in-store appearance at Vox Street Records in Athens, Georgia. And um, he's going to be there from, uh, I believe it's from three o'clock onwards. Uh, and he's going to, uh, if, if you contract Vox Street Records, you'll be able to buy or pre-order the EP, which will give you access to, to the event. And uh, you'll get a signed copy of the EP. Um, and um, subject to availability, you'll get a picture with Mickey as well. Glenn, you should tell everybody what the significance of Athens, Georgia is. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. I, Box Tree Records, which is where Mickey's going to do the in-store appearance, is the very same record shop where R.E.M. was formed. That's where Peter Buck met Michael Stipe in either, I don't know if it was 1979 or 1980, but that's where they met each other and uh, decided to, to form a band. And it was actually Mickey's own idea to put the record shop on the front cover. We were playing around with different ideas at first, and I think it works really well, and it it makes sense. Well, we're going to talk about the cover here in a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit about the Wuxtery Records event in Athens, Georgia. Athens Mayor Kelly Gertz, a former DJ himself, will be at the event and present Mickey Dolans with the key to the city. Mickey's got to have a few of those by now. they got to take up a lot of room. (laughs) Mayor Gertz said that Mickey Dolans is part of the great circle of creativity that includes our beloved town of Athens, Georgia. REM would rarely cover I'm Not Your Stepping Stone in their early years, and it is wonderful to have them return the favor with recordings of four of their classics as a lover of pop music who fondly remembers watching Head on VHS in 1980s. I'm thrilled to welcome Mickey to Athens. That's a kind of a deep pull as far as pop culture goes and mickey adds i'm thrilled to be bringing a bit of old school networking by appearing at wuxtery records which was where the members of rem first met and decided to form a band so there we go that is going to be fun and that is going to be exciting i've got a couple questions let's talk about the cover first well we were playing around with different ideas i I thought it might be cool for because we obviously on dolan sings nesmith we had a um a car on the front cover and um, I thought maybe we could we could try a car again and see if it would work. But um, we tried different kinds of cars and um, um, didn't really work. It, it's quite difficult to do, actually. And then obviously you have to have the right background for it. I had several pictures of downtown Athens and we played around with it. But we finally ended up um, 
apparently going the wrong way in the wrong direction down the street where Wax Street Records is. It's a one-way street, apparently, but it doesn't matter. You just described so, most of my life, Glenn, so <laughs> it works for me. Uh, yeah, Mickey suggested using, uh, which makes perfect sense, the the, uh, the record shop on the front cover, and he actually selected the car as well in the end uh, because we had several diff- different options. So the, that's how that came about, and our designer, Tim Johnson, did a great job in integrating the cover with lots of REM posters. And So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with how that t- that's turned out. So there's a real concept, folks. It's, it's it because I remember the night that the whispers started on the internet, and people were finding bits and dragging them back to believe it or not, not so much the monkeys boards, but the REM boards. That's where I first heard about it in out out in the open, right? Well, that's the great thing about this that the REM fan base seemed to have you know been quite excited about the release, and and it's been. 99% positive comments on all the forums that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of REM fans, I think, are coming to this event in, in Athens, Georgia. And um, not to mention REM's manager, who's been really helpful, uh, Bertius Downs, REM's manager, in sharing our information on the official REM website and Twitter accounts and so forth, which means that the message has really gotten out as far as we could, uh, you know, to, to that fan to that fan base. And it seems that there are a lot of people that that love both REM and the monkeys, so that it, it makes it makes good sense in that respect. Well, uh, you know, it really did kind of take me by surprise, even though I had had the whispers prior before the whispers, but which sounds like a really bad medical condition. But anyway, um, I, <laughs> you know, it, it it was one thing to imagine it; it was another thing to actually hear it, right? And, you know, Christian, the thing I want to ask you about that is you are able to do something. You are able to pull some of the best out of Mickey Dolan's and and his voice. And Mickey really excels at inhabiting the character in each of these songs. And it's on the stage that you help set. What is your method to give and get the best out of Mickey Dolan's as a performer? Well, Mickey always uh, has said that he enjoys being produced. He likes being uh, directed. And and I, I am actually of the same ilk. Uh, I used to do, you know, a lot of session work. And having a, a, a lot of uh, styles available to me, all I wanted to know from the producer uh, was, you know, what do you want? <laughs> you know, tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. And Mickey's in very much the same way. So really what it what it comes down to is making sure that timing and tuning is just is really spot on. And you don't have to do much else with Mickey. I've said this before. It has been very interesting working with uh, Mickey and even uh, even Nez in here in my my little studio, hearing them in the context of uh, of a performer you know, rather than, uh, rather than, you know, somebody I've known all my life to have that iconic Mickey Dolan's voice coming in through the headphones and you go, wow, that's, there he is. There's Mickey Dolan's, you know, uh, you don't have to do much to get Mickey Dolan's to show up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the rest is just, you know, let's, uh, you know, typical, typical sort of directions, you know, let's bring the energy up. Oh, you're a little flat there. Okay. A little, you know, a little behind and just getting the right performance uh, that you might uh, direct anybody to do. 
And at our age, anytime someone says a little behind, we're happy to hear that. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. But, but I, I think what, what, what Ken is saying is, and I, I, you know, I would echo that, um, Christian. I really think you get the most out of Mickey, Mickey's voice. Because obviously we've all heard, uh, and, and some of, you know, Remember, for instance, was a great album. And we've heard, you know, we've all heard his back catalog. But I do think that both on Dolan Sings Nesmith on, and on this record, you really get the best out of him. Well, um, I think, uh, I, I, again, I think that uh, he he puts his trust in me uh, and uh, and I'm very clear about, you know, what what I want when I'm producing. Uh, and so the his attitude of produce me uh, works very well with I'm going to produce you. <laughs> um, and 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 so uh, but I also want to make sure that he's also uh always seen in the proper light as as Mickey Dolan's uh, making sure that there were songs that 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 really worked well. Yeah, uh, this might be a, 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 a segue too soon. But when we were, uh, you know, going over some of the songs, uh, Ken, uh, Glenn had suggested uh, a, a few and there was one that didn't really work for me, and I can't remember which one it was. It, it was, uh, I suggested um, Bang and Blame by Ari yeah. Williams. Yeah. Um, and that seemed just a little too hard rock for for, for Mickey. Uh, there, it, It's important to recognize uh, uh, the pop aspect of Mickey Dolan's voice. Um, and, uh, but, uh, uh, Right around that time, I said, "Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna be short uh, a song," and uh, some of you, some of the listeners listeners may remember me putting out uh, a Facebook post asking what your favorite REM song was, because admittedly, I had never been much of a fan. It wasn't that I disliked them; it was just not my bag at the time that they were uh, at at their highest popularity. I was. Um, more chasing a hard rock sort of bag for myself and how I learned and how I was learning to engineer and produce. So they weren't as much on my radar. Um, so I didn't know the catalog. And there were you know, a lot of great suggestions from folks on Facebook. And I, I started digging into some of their earlier catalog. And while I liked a lot of the songs, it also seemed that Stipe's lyrics were a little intense <laughs> for Mickey to be singing. There was a lot of things that were very emotionally charged, politically motivated, things that he was singing about. And understandable, you know, being a, a young gay man in, in the deep south in the 70s and 80s, that had probably had he had a lot to say about that. But we finally, I, I stumbled upon Radio Free Europe, and uh, that was a uh, that seemed just right because it was it was concise lyrics, it had a catchy melody, and it was a high energy rock song like Bang and Blame. But it just seemed to be more tailored to where <laughs> Mickey was at. Well, I, I certainly I think that is it's it's vital, you know, to to select the right songs that you that you get the right feel for and that you. You know that you feel works for Mickey, and you know I did a similar thing where I I stayed up many late nights listening to REM tracks and and when I came up with suggestions and uh, but you only really know once you know once Christian sits down to to try and come up with 
the arrangements, it, that's really when you know if it's going to work, isn't it? That's also a, a, a key issue, you know, is it, can I find a song that also is reimaginable enough? Uh, to make it yeah. make it fresh, just like with uh, Dolan sings Nesmith, Mick was very clear as was Glenn and and myself as well uh, that we didn't want to make a karaoke rec- record. We didn't want it to sound like we had just stripped off the other artist's voice and put Mickey on it. We wanted it fresh, and so for me to find my way into a new approach for a song, particularly songs like, you know, Man on the Moon and Shiny Happy People, they're, you know, they're gigantic hits and people know them. So it's, it's hard to, to reimagine those. And so when it does present itself, uh, it's, it's a really great thing. And uh, these four songs definitely did. And uh, you almost can't call them cover versions at some point. They're so radically different in some ways. Uh, anybody who thinks that they're going to hear what they saw on MTV it's it's not the exact same thing at all. And as you say, it's not Mickey Dolan's doing R.E.M. karaoke. Um, so the question, and I'll ask both of you, Glenn, first you, why R.E.M.? Andrew Sandoval said in your previous podcast, he said that this whole Dolan Sings Nesmit R.E.M. project came about because of a letter that Bob Rafelson once wrote to Gary Strobel. I know nothing about that when I start, and I knew nothing about that when I started to research this project. You know, I'm a big REM fan, and ever since we did the Dolan Sings Nesmith project, I had been compiling a list of songs that I thought would be cool for Mickey to cover. And I then began to realize that there were quite a few REM tracks on my list. And I uh, I dived deeper into the catalog, and I selected four songs that I that were, I would propose to Mickey along with a recording offer. As it happens, I was talking to Gary Strobel about licensing some Henry Diltz pictures um, for a Michael Nesmith project we were working on. And suddenly Gary says, you should ask Mickey to record Shiny Happy People because that song was written about the monkeys. And Gary said I had already spoken to him and he's interested in in the idea of it. Um, And I was like, wow, talk about, you know, coincidence. Here I was about to approach Mickey, you know, to record an REM EP. And Gary has already spoken to him about shiny, happy people. So I, I guess what really happened then is that I, I got more confident. You know, I, because Gary had already spoken independently to Mickey about recording shiny, happy people, I thought, why don't I straight away suggest the whole EP to him? And, um, you know, thankfully he accepted. And, and then the next step was to speak to Christian, who, you know, who thankfully also accepted. So, um, as you know, the, st- the songs we proposed were all recorded except for, um, as we just discussed, Bang and Blame, uh, and um, which thankfully turned into Radio Free Europe, which I think is one of the best songs on there. It's just a major coincidence. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. It's a massive coincidence more than yeah. anything. Yeah. yeah. Universal Symmetry, which was yeah. not my college band name. Yeah. <laughs> so, Christian, uh, you mentioned earlier that you were not uh, really a huge REM fan. Have you become more of an REM fan since you've got in there and got under the hood and took some things apart and reassembled? What are your thoughts? I don't know that 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 the word fan is is appropriate, but I certainly appreciate the the degree of uh, artistry that they have put into their records. It's they're 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 not walking through it. You know, they're 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 very thoughtful in their song crafting and their recording and the production. And I certainly had a heightened appreciation for that more than I had in the past. Very good. To me, this just makes sense. 
I've said before on Zilch that when the the monkeys did pull it, I wish that they would have fallen a more XTC REM kind of a vibe because I love my jangly guitar and those guys were there doing it all. And I've always had this fantasy about South Central Rain done by like Peter Tork and Mickey on the high vocal and stuff like that. So it it's it it works for me definitely. It was an, an interesting thing to hear the various reinterpretation of these. And if you'd like, I'd like to go track by track. Sure. Sure. Okay. So our first song, all heard it by now, unless you're under a rock and some people like to live under rocks, nothing against that, but shiny, happy people. which was a huge song. When and where was this one recorded? And when you and Mickey put your heads together, what made you go in this direction with this song? Okay, well, let's just be clear about it. Mickey has had almost no input on on uh, what these songs, uh, how these songs were produced. That's all me. Um, and it's not that I'm I'm discounting what what he does. He just wants to go completely hands off. He uh, he has likened our relationship to something like uh, Frank Sinatra and Nelson Riddle. Um, oh. uh, and uh, so it's like Frank shows up and Nelson's just got it all arranged and ready to rock, and he just steps up to the microphone and handles it. Uh, so uh, those the, the concept of how to to change these songs were all uh, all mine. Um, and when it comes to shiny happy people, um, uh, it just seems sort of natural. Uh, if you're going to change up songs, uh, uh, one of the first things that I have to do, pr- particularly with Mickey, is because he is. Uh, uh, a higher singer than most is, is we got to find the right key. And, uh, after doing, uh, uh, you know, multiple tours and, and, uh, and, uh, and producing Dolan Sings Nesmith, I was pretty familiar with his range. So I could get, I could spot those pretty quickly. Um, and then the next thing is, you know, for lack of a better word, the bag, uh, the, the trip, the, the, the whole feel of the song. And, uh, and since, R.E.M.'s version was uh, a very straight 4-4 sort of uh, uh, trip. I wanted to, uh, you know, the first thing I'm going to look for is uh, will it work in 3-4 rather than 4-4? Will it swing? Will it, uh, you know, and and in in uh, Shiny Happy People's case, uh, it did both. So we used that we i said i used that that sort of uh that swinging um loping three in the beginning to do the uh to do the guitar melody um and then when we got to uh got to the body of the song why do i keep using the word we does it make me feel more comfortable talking about myself <laughs> In second person <laughs> plural, that uh, that I uh, that 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 sort of a, a swung chomp 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 beat, which is something that you'll find quite often in, in uh, Cersei songs. Mm-hmm. And you know that that dotted eighth note kick drum is is a, a big thing. Oh, by the way, uh, before we go any further, it's really important to say 
how significant Christopher Alice's contribution to this uh, to this is. Um, there's an old adage to uh, recording, and it is, if you don't have a drum sound, you don't have a record. Um, and not only did Christopher provide an incredible drum sound, but but just all the right choices and uh, and made it, you know, glued the groove together like uh, no other. So it's really important that the feeling that everybody is getting off of these uh, off of these tracks is so much uh, due to where Christopher Alice is playing those drums. I, I remember getting a phone call from you, Christian, straight after you heard the uh, the drum takes, the drum recordings, and you were really upbeat saying this is going to be fantastic because Christopher has absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And you knew you knew, you know, you knew straight away this is going to be good. Yeah. So it's a you know, I want to make sure that, you know, credit is definitely given where it's due. So yeah, shiny happy people. So to have that sort of that God, what what sort of a song I can compare it to? I, I don't know. It's a bag we all know, but sort of that quarter note plodding piano in a swung feel. And the, the song just just completely gelled with with that feel. Um so I ran with it. And I loved hearing Coco Dolan's on it. Well, it made complete sense. I mean, you got Kate Pearson doing doing the original guesting. So, you know, Coco is, has been guesting with Mickey for years and uh, and uh, and she's a great singer and it made absolute sense. And we wanted to get her on Dolan Sings Nesmith, but it was during the height of COVID. So we really were not comfortable having extra people around. We were risking it enough just uh with uh mickey coming over at that time so it was imp imperative that we got her on uh on on this batch of songs well i can't tell you the the big smile i had hearing her on this track uh it was just a really cool thing because you know it's 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 just a familiar voice that is all about love to me. So uh, yeah. that is fantastic. And Mickey has added this to his live act and it went over pretty well. So that's very cool. And uh, just to say as well, um, uh, which if you haven't seen it already, I'm sure a lot of you have, but um, Andrew Sandoval created an amazing music video for the song, which has now got 160,000 views on YouTube, which is more than we could ever have hoped for at this, at this stage. And, um, and the single Shiny Happy People is out now on um, all digital platforms um, and it's already gotten something like 25,000 streams on Spotify. Um, so, yeah, very pleased with how it's, you know, how that's going so far. Excellent. The next track is Radio Free Europe, which is one of my early faves by the band. Uh, this song was always an appeal for us lyrically to decide what radio can be or should become, and now it's down to us as individuals since we are our own playlist, if you will. This version just kicks from beat one. When those drums kick in, uh, this is a great song for the treadmill or a bike. <laughs> if you want to get your cardio up, this is the song. And uh, one of my big questions was, who is the drummer? And it's Christopher Hollis. Is that it? Alice. 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 Okay, like Cooper. Okay. Christopher Alice. 
And at some point I was thinking, is Travis Barker from Blink-182 drumming for Mickey now? Because it's such <laughs> an energetic, powerful performance. It sounds like Mickey's doing uh, lead vocals for a band from around that Blink-182 time. It's like it's almost punk rock in some sense. Yes, yes. Yeah. Retro punk. Well, I, you know, the the original track uh, had some had some good teeth to it. It's kind of what what made me gravitate toward it. It's a it's it's a fairly simple song, but it's got it's got the one little mysterious dreamy part leading into the chorus, which real which I thought was really a, a, a hooky part. But I felt actually of all the songs, I think I I, I think I stayed fairly close to well there is that middle break isn't there um but <clears throat> i uh i just wanted to you know muscle it up even more and see how far we could take it with uh with the you know having having a good energetic rock feel to it and as far as christopher is concerned he is one of the most versatile uh and uh and thoughtful sensitive drummers uh that i've ever heard much less work with and 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 he just knew exactly where where he was at so he was just whacking the crap out of him and it came out really really good that was actually rem's first ever single originally and i seem to remember hearing that in the day and 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 saying yeah that that's that's hip that's cool i like that in my notes i have the fake out slash fade out that's what i call that uh, <laughs> bit where it, the song sort of ends momentarily and then you hear some old radio and then it comes back in. And I got the, you know, it was very interesting. You kind of were dipping into your prog just a little bit there. I don't know about prog. It, I, I've that's what it felt, felt like. Well, that's okay. Go all the way. I want you to just embrace that like crazy, man. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I have always uh, thought of music uh, almost cinematically. Uh, I wanted. Uh, uh, I, I've always approached music in 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 almost a visual and an emotionally reactive sense. So when a new section hits, I want you to just go wow. Or when I, when when a when a beautiful romantic or or somber section hits, I want your heart to ache and yearn um and and so having the thought of this this radio free europe which just radio free europe is not at not even close to what the entire song is about uh stipe is 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 far more uh politically involved in what he's talking about in that song but to to reach that that moment where we're about to hit the bridge uh i just wanted a break i wanted i wanted something to just sort of uh uh take us away from all of it and uh it's not actually a sample from a record uh the uh the rate the the, the da, 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 that's mm -hmm. actually from and i don't remember exactly which patch but it's from one of the original uh, Mellotron, uh, actually it's later, what, what do they call the Mellotron after that? The Octatron or, or some, there's some, some really groovy name that they started, that the Mellotron morphed into. And it was a sample that you could play on the, on the Mellotron and that was widely available. Uh, and uh, 
so that I just stumbled upon that and I thought that worked really great. And I was able to manipulate a few of those samples and turn it into almost what sounded like it was in the middle of a song. And uh, so that's where you got that. What I was really pleased about was some of the comments from, you know, from R.E.M. when we sent them the uh, the EP to listen to. I didn't expect any comments at all, to be honest. And to get comments and quotes from Michael Stipe and Mike Mills and Peter Buck and Scott McCoy, who who you might know, is kind of like the fifth member of R.E.M. Um, he's been playing with them for, you know, 15 years or so. He actually, Scott McCoy actually said, the bridge on Radio Free Europe is genius. So it certainly hasn't gone unnoticed. That's very, that's very kind. I wanted, uh, yeah. you know, I wanted to make sure that there was an emotional impact yeah. there. It should, it should be noted also uh, that I don't know if this is the time to say it, but for some reason, I early on decided to make every solo, every guitar solo, a slide solo. And I don't know if anybody has noticed that. But yeah, none, it, it was but a none question. Of the solo, yeah, none of the solos are just like regular guitar solos. Uh, and and I also felt like that took it to a place that was less common, less, uh, you know, less typical. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, you said I should just run with that feeling or whatever. It really made me long for uh, more Cosmologica kind of a thing. So, well, I, I will tell you that we've got uh, uh, six songs that are about somewhere between 70 and 85 percent finished uh, that are basically a full tilt prog follow up. So there you go waiting with a smile on my face waiting to promote that so you know where to come <laughs> so our next track is man on the moon uh that was a very powerful performance off radio free europe we go into man on the moon this is a song that we all know even people don't know rem know this song you know what i mean it's just one of those songs but it's so different and the opening of this track to me was very lush uh very abbey roadish for lack of a better term uh, it's not beatly, but it kind of goes in that, you know, vibe and it gives way to an interesting percussion and sound effects, modern and yet classic at the same time. This song is as loopy as we wanted to be given the subject matter and what it deals with. You had some fun with this. I feel we did. We did. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I knew that I wanted to have some sort of, uh, more, uh, 90s and 2000s style loops drum loops in there but i didn't want to just go to a library and so christopher and i talked about it early on and we we were definitely we made the decision to build those loops ourselves mm. and so we finished the bulk of the of the drum recording and left the drum set set up the way it is for the four songs and then uh, we went back and sort of tore things apart and grabbed weird weird clangy things to to add to the kit and built two or three loops which i sort of you know mix and matched until we got a thing going and the other thing about it is that i wanted it to uh the man on the moon is at a straightforward groove right from the beginning and i always that halftime would have worked uh, and did for those verses which led me to using that uh that 12 string guitar for the sort of the bed of it all which is i suppose the uh the abbey road uh beatlesy feely thing that you're referring to mm -hmm. yeah 
And I love the background vocals. It's great to hear Cersei and the gang. And by the gang, it could just be 12 Cerseys. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> I love the sound of it. And the, it's a great guitar solo uh, coming out of the chorus there. Can I just say, I, I think Cersei is, is wonderful on, on, on these songs. Same as she did on Dolan Sings Nesmith. She brings like, you know, her vocals are like an extra instrument. It's, it, it really, it really is. is. It lifts the recordings. It really does. It really is. And I took, I, you know, I took a lot of those cues um, mostly uh, from Queen. Mm. Night at the Opera. Well, the three albums in a row, Sheer Heart Attack, Night at the Opera and Day at the Races were seminal in, in my learning. And to hear how those guys would use the vocals, not just as oohs and ahs, but as string parts and horn parts and, and stabs and, and screams and yells and 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 it was much more orchestration than it was just a bunch of people going do to do you know and and i so i've always approached background vocals with that inspiration beatles did it a lot journey did it a lot as well and uh, uh, as well as uh, something like 10 cc using those stacks of vocals as a as an orchestration rather than just you know Doo-wops. And Cersei is is just fantastic at building it. And it is a wall of Cersei, uh, by the way, on that. So I was right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, it, I'm going to mark that down. Ken was right once. There we go. It is wall of Cersei. So, yes, at being able to utilize uh, her incredible talents. I mean, she's another incredible comedian. Uh, comedian. Chameleon. Chameleon. Chameleon is what I meant to say, but you know, if you want to use comedian, and <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty funny too. She is funny. Why do you think I'm with 21 years? Because she makes me laugh. Uh, she's an incredible chameleon. Can get all kinds of sounds and wonderful uh, textures with her voice. And uh, you know, having done whatever it is, 12 records or so together, uh, we've learned how to maximize some of those sounds and get them uh, recorded very quickly. But I have a, I, I think that's a four part harmony times six, uh, six. Uh, so yeah, you got 24 Circe's singing there, right? And wow. But also on the, I don't know if it's too early to move on, but on the last track on the uh, Leaving New York, uh, she plays a visal part. And I, I think that she does a wonderful job on it. But wait, wait, Glenn, are you jumping the gun? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, because I just we're just talking about Cersei, and I think she's she really shines on leaving New York. I think that's a fantastic song. And uh, not only is she a comedian, chameleon, and she uh, bakes bread like nobody's business. She does bake bread, man. She makes this house smell amazing. I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll be sitting here in the studio, and I'll uh, you know, yesterday was banana chocolate chip mini muffins. Hi. Oh, man, that sounds oh great. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we love her to pieces, and uh, she's fantastic. Can't be stated enough. Uh, hopefully soon when we get this next batch of uh, prog songs out, uh, we'll come on and talk and talk. Fantastic. Well, you guys can just come on and do anything you want. That's It's just the way it is. You guys are more than welcome here. Say, say when. All right. And uh, so track four, which Glenn was pushing us into. No, um, <laughs> just kidding. There. <laughs> track four, Leaving New York. This is probably the least known song by the public out of the four. It wasn't yeah. uh, one of their signature songs, if you will. Yet it seems to leave a lot more room 
for less judgment from listeners who may have had the other versions of these songs in their heads. You know what I'm saying? It 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 um it weirdly it didn't chart in the U.S. but it was a number five hit here in the U.K. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, off of Mickey Dolan sings REM. This is a snippet of the track "Leaving New York" right here on Zilch. You don't need me to tell you. Thank you for letting us play that early, Glenn. It was it was interesting because th- yeah. this is the song that Glenn pushed the hardest on me. Um, I was I was actually uh, looking for uh, looking for a possible ar- alternative to this song, and he really really stuck to his guns with this one, and I'm glad he did because you know he he said, well, tell him what you said, Glenn. Why one of the reasons why you chose this. But again, it was about Cersei. I, I could I could hear her really fitting well into the song, and I, I think she, you know, I think she nailed it. I mean, it was uh, the voice I had in my head was pretty much what you ended up producing. <laughs> that was a. I'm very pleased with how it came out. And I know you had problems uh, getting, you know, uh, sort of getting your head around it, but it was definitely worth the uh, the extra work. Well, it sometimes just takes a little yeah. bit more to come to yeah. to uh, to find your way in. And truth be told, I actually sort of stuck with a lot of the original stuff. Uh, it's got to be said that, you know, everybody talks about Peter Buck and Michael Stipe, but Mike Mills is, uh, the bass player, is so integral yes. when it comes to that band. First of all, his bass lines are so creative. He really makes efforts to not just do the norm and, you know, lay down the, the, the basic eight notes. But he's also responsible for so many of those call and response vocals mm-hmm. that are more frequent in REM than you than you realize. They're, they're, they actually happen all over the stuff. And that's him counterpointing Stipe. Uh, and he, he's very creative when it comes to that. So when it came down to this song, you know, he was doing that, and I think Glenn heard a way of maximizing that and making it even more of a, a sort of a, a sonic grand trip with those vocals doing a round, and, uh, you know, I'm in there as well, and uh, uh, and having right. all those three parts uh, play off of each other, uh, and it, it came out very well, and so I'm glad that Glenn pushed me to do that. I particularly love the line that Cersei runs, find it in your heart. That's a a huge moment right there. I love it. Yeah, well, again, it, it, it's, it's a good melody to play off of. Uh, and this is, a, this, this is another Mike Mills contribution. So it played well, and the, the lyric is a, an honest one. It could be seen as sappy, but, it's, but if you deliver it right and you uh, 
and you mean it, it comes off the way it should. And uh, Mills did, and so did Cersei. Plus, I like that guy's last name. Mill. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> As another bass player <laughs> with the name of Mills, I, I appreciate my brother. Yeah. My brethren. It's a great ending to the EP, except I don't want it to end. I want it to continue. <laughs> this is where we're at for, for now. But uh, that just means you could, you can play it again. Well, we looked for 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 more songs. We did see if see if that if we could if we could uh, uh, you know stretch that stretch that. But uh, as I said, uh, it was very important to make sure that it was uh, appropriate for Mickey. Um, and as I said earlier uh, in our interview, uh, some of some of Michael Stipe's lyrics are rough. You know, he's he's saying some hard. Uh, important things, um, and uh, and it just didn't make quite enough sense coming out of Mickey's mouth. Mm. I found it interesting that Mickey approached the sort of rap section in the middle of there uh, uh, of that last tune. Of, uh, oh, he does. He's great. Yeah, he does a great job on that, actually. Yeah, he uh, yeah. Uh, he really leaned into it, um, and and it was. Uh, you know, it's not really rap as in as in urban rap, but 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 he he found his way into it. He knew what he what he was trying to say with that, and I'm glad that he went sort of a uh, 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 sort of aggressive with it because it, it actually came off well. Yeah, you can hear him leaning into it for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not just a fly by night. But what I like about it again is it, it's completely unexpected to most fans. You know, it's not the sort of songs that you would normally hear Mickey sing. So I, I, you know, I like the sort of, I like the unexpected aspect of of the whole of the whole project, you know, I like to surprise people. Well, I think that this is uh, definitely going to surprise a lot of people. I am grateful to you, Glenn. I am grateful to you, Christian. You both took a chance on this show a long time ago. And I'm glad to be part of this with you. And, you know, Christian, you and Cersei and I, we all met. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, I just cannot tell you enough through a lot of ups and downs, whether health stuff or whatever. Yeah. I just want you to know I appreciate your encouragement and your friendship. Well, you you, you do it well, Ken. Uh, you know, the, the, there are... There are certainly dead interviewers, and uh, you ain't one of them. Uh, the, the, it, 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 you keep a, keep the discussion going nice, and you do your research, and you care about what you're talking about. So it's always a pleasure to be here. And as I've told Glenn, uh, he's another co-host of Zilch as far as I'm concerned. So anything you guys want to do, just let's do it. Uh, Glenn, seriously, uh, this is another home run. And uh, Christian, you you pulled it out. You, you yeah. I'm telling you, it's great. It's fantastic. Well, if you, Thank you. Uh, before you before you sign off, I'd love to uh, just make a little side pitch. I've started doing something interesting, and so if anybody's TikToking out there, I have started doing it, and I have started a project. I've been wondering what I was going to do because I I kind of enjoy TikTok, and then it occurred to me. I am doing 365 great solos or riffs in 365 days. And uh, I just put up number 27 or 28, 27 today. And so if you're a TikToker, 
please go over there and and you know like and follow and do all that cool stuff because uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Well, something on TikTok that won't rot your brain. I'm all for that. <laughs> well, you know what? I got to tell you, there is a lot of good stuff. Other things. Oh, there that, is. Yeah. That that I like about TikTok is that if if you're if you stick with it long enough and you know to to swipe quickly about the things that you're not digging. You can really cultivate through their their algorithms a feed that is very interesting. You know, my feed tends to be political and and musical and a little wacky, and you can uh, you know you can have that too. But uh, I you know I'm having fun with it, and I really hope that you know I can get some more uh, listeners and followers out there because I'm you know doing all these songs not only to to play the part right but to get all the tones right and so i'm doing these little snips of 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 great classic rock and roll songs and and other things and uh, i would love for people to come and enjoy those so that's my plug so zilchers you know what to do let's make it happen and we will share it on the facebook page and our social medias as well so i appreciate it we'll get the links and do that uh one thing i'd like to do before we wrap up, we alluded earlier to R.E.M.'s reactions to the EP. And to me, there's a few quotes. I'd like to read these if that's okay with you guys. Mm -hmm. so. Michael Stipe said, these songs are absolutely incredible. Mickey Dolan's covering R.E.M. monkey style. I have died and gone to heaven. This is really something. Shiny Happy People sounds incredible. Never thought you or I would hear me say that. Give it a spin. It's wild and produced by Christian Nesmith, son of Michael Nesmith. I'm finally complete. You have completed Michael Stipe. <laughs> it's incredible it's incredible praise i'm so glad um uh you know i know as an artist uh for somebody else to take your music and run with it and run with it in a way that that makes it uh new and fresh uh is is one of the highest compliments you can get and uh for him to appreciate that you know where where we've gone with that is is you know praise beyond expectation Mike Mills, a bassist and co-vocalist of R.E.M., said, That voice, one of the main voices of my musical awakening, singing our songs. It is beyond awesome. Let's help make this, a, let's help make this as huge as we possibly can. I am beyond thrilled. Peter Buck, guitarist, says, I've been listening to Mickey's singing since I was nine years old. It's unreal to hear that voice adding new depth to songs we've written ourselves and inhabiting them so completely. And finally, Scott McCoy says, I am blown away. Mickey and Christian just take these tracks to unexpected places. So you can't get much higher praise than that from the band themselves. No, they, they, they really talked us up well. And, um, and uh, you know, I know that I'm grateful and Glenn and Mickey are grateful. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's incredible. I, I never expected to get any comments, you know, from, from anybody. And, um, I sent this over to REM's manager and um, and I said, would you mind passing these songs on? You know, just uh, feel free to pass them on to the guys if they want to listen to it. And I didn't expect to get any comments back, you know, so that was absolutely fantastic. Are you kidding? Um, no way. Michael Stipe sits at home and, and a package comes to or, a, or an email comes <laughs> to him and it says, here's Mickey Dolan's covering four of your songs. He opened that in seconds. You know he did. <laughs> But he does. He's not the kind of type that normally comments on 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 recordings and things like that. So it is quite rare to get a Michael Stipe quote. So um, you know that's much appreciated. 
I think that those reactions were kind of like looking at their group chat when they got this. (laughs) (laughs) If I could just round off on that, Ken, I am. The EP is being released on CD and 180 gram yellow vinyl. And you can buy it from the cheapest place in the U.S. is importcds.com. It's also on Amazon and all good record shops. And out on the 3rd of November is the release date. Um, so uh, you, can, you can get a signed copy straight from Mickey's website, mickeydolins.com. And by the way, I, I did have dinner with Mickey last week, and uh, it's the first time we've actually been able to have a little celebratory uh, dinner around this project. And he's just so proud of this, this particular piece. He really, really likes it, and he's uh, he's very stoked that people are getting behind it. So. If you haven't gotten gotten a chance to listen to this yet, you got to do it because he's he's really into it. And, and also, uh, you know, uh, if if we can sell enough of this, who knows? We might be able to do more. You know, we might be able to do more projects. Well, maybe that's something, something that we were talking about over dinner a little bit, maybe. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to quote John Hughes, wouldn't that be something? So. Wouldn't it be something? <laughs> Well, thank you both for taking time out of your schedules to come on and be here with the fans. Uh, this is a way to get this message out and about a very good EP, and I am thrilled to be part of this. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to do this interview with you guys today, and thank you for coming on Zilch. So check out CerseLink.com, check out Christian on TikTok. Check out Glenn over at all the 7A social media. This is more good times, folks. Who who, yeah. who would have thought that we would be celebrating this at this time? Let's yeah. keep the party going as long as we can and keep the love going as long as we can. So peace and love to you all. Thank you so much. Thank you both. And we will see you all on the next episode of Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Ken. All righty. We will see you. All right, Glenn. Thank you so much for doing what you do, man. Really appreciate it. We'll see you guys. Be good. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Burke. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. I remember when the answer seemed so clear. Oh,